0: Welcome everybody to Clone Wars Commentary. I am here today with Summer as usual. Say hi Summer. Hi. Um, So we are going to talk a little bit about season two, episode four today. Um, It's been a hot minute since we've recorded together, just because we are all, like, kind of getting our whereabouts again. Um, But Episode 1 through 3, like, was more of an arc, so I discussed that with um, the Diz Universe podcast, or at least one half of it. (laughs) So go check that out if you haven't already. Um, But we're jumping right into Episode 4. If you don't already know, that is the one where Padme uh, meets – well, it doesn't meet – re-interacts with Rush Clovis. Um, We'll talk about that a little bit in a second. But the opening uh, quote of this one is, A true heart should never be doubted. Uh, Summer, when you hear that, what's your first thoughts, Star Wars or non-Star Wars?
1: Well... I just think that that's sweet. That's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like,
0: oh, true heart should never be doubted. That's fair. Hmm,
1: but then it just makes me think of Anakin and Padme's relationship. And but you
0: know, then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like if I hadn't. Like when I had previously like not seen the episode, so I didn't know what the episode was about. I was probably like, "Oh, like that's sweet. Like they (laughs) they love each other. That's fine." And then you like see Anakin's little angry face every five minutes in this episode, and I'm just like, "Can you relax? (laughs) She loves you." Monkey
1: like just kind of flies up. Yeah,
0: like Padme loves you, and she's such a great human being. Like she's
1: obviously trying to do this.
0: She's a true heart.
1: Has to act. this way to get him to let his guard
0: down. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, um, we already talked about him, so let's just go ahead. I'm going to read his little bio for you. I have the Wikipedia bio in front of me, not the databank one. Um, Still relevant. Still pretty good. So, full name, Baron, well, I don't, is that his full name or is that his politician title? Baron?
1: Maybe. Baron, I think,
0: is his politician title. Because Rush... Clovis is his name.
1: Yeah, so I think it's just his, you know, like, they have marquees and baron and baronets and all that stuff. I think it's, yeah. Okay. He's
0: he's a politician from the planet Scipio. Um, He's human. Uh, Once a member of the Galactic Senate, Clovis worked closely with Senator Padme Amidala in her early career. They were romantically linked until she insisted they return their relationship to a strictly professional level. Um, He respected her wishes um, and continued to serve his people in the Senate and became an influential representative of the intergalactic banking clan. Um, And when the Clone Wars erupted, he secretly betrayed the Galactic Republic to join the Confederacy of Independent Systems, also known as the Separatists. Um, And if you look at him, like his little picture, uh, he's got like yellow lines on his face. I don't really know what those are for. Yeah, they're
1: like on his forehead. Could it be that, um, it could have to do with something? maybe his... uh, Play, home planet or
0: whatever. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just like a clan thing. Yeah, I don't know.
1: But they look like two Fs or like kind of thing going on, on yeah. top of
0: his forehead. Um, and it says his like his family history. Uh, his father was an advisor to a moon banker. If you know anything about Darth Plagueis, he was also a moon. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but it's M U U N. I would say Mun,
1: but it's
0: yeah, whatever. I don't know. Uh, but. Darth Plagueis is probably one of my favorite like legends characters. I don't I don't know if he's also considered canon, but I don't know if his uh-huh. story is his story is considered legends right now. Um, so I just think that's really cool because the the Moon Mun Banking Clan is a big deal. Um uh-huh. they seem to like have their fingers in everything. Everything. Yeah, so having Clovis involved with that is First of all, really cool, but also really sketchy, which just adds to the sketchiness that is Rush Clovis. Uh, what are your thoughts on him, Summer? How do you feel?
1: <laughs> well, I don't particularly care for him.
0: I agree. He's a little, little <laughs> snobby, a little trashy, a little misogynistic. Yeah, a just- yeah, what's with all the whiny men in Star Wars? You need to calm <laughs> down. Um, okay, so this... Outside of Clovis, because Clovis aside, also I will say this for Grace because I know she'll appreciate it. She's like, I'm just going to kick him in the shins. <laughs> she yes. says that all the time about him. Um, but so looking to kind of back to the quote part too, the true heart should never be doubted. This is probably one of my favorite representations of Anakin and Padme because. In the movies, we see the, like, I love you. We can't be together. I love you. Very, like, Romeo-Juliet kind of vibes. Um, And then, obviously, he just becomes Darth Vader. So, wow. Sorry. Spoilers. Um, uh, So, but in this one, and in Clone Wars as a whole, like, the cartoon as a whole, we see a lot of the relationship aspects of it. But I think this one is one of my favorites because it's watching them have, I don't want to say a relatable argument because...
1: We've not really real life.
0: But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's
1: like a what we, it's what they're in their professional lives, but yeah. they are trying to have a relationship outside of that, mm-hmm. but in their working relationship they're she's jealous yeah. of her. Yeah. And that you know she's not exactly thrilled at the beginning either because he has to drop what he's doing to go to the Jedi and support for his mission. Yeah. So either way. But I did think it was really funny at the beginning how he was like, I'll convince her to be a spy. Yeah. And then he's like, don't do it. And she's like, I'm going to do it. Don't tell me what to do.
0: Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) It's so weird, too, because it's like he he should get because he is the one and i know that's like the whole point is he's the one that's like oh duty first because also we're not supposed to be together and they both fully understand that so i don't know why it leads to such a big fight since they do talk about how much they understand it all the time but <laughs> i also get that like it's a topic to be addressed especially in a kids show like kids need to see the kind of back and forth between it that there is some form of inner conflict in both of them and that but it just kind me. of huh
1: That they're human.
0: Yeah, that too. Like, it's... There's a lot of reasons that it had to happen, but... (laughs) Yeah, and
1: they try to make it relatable to us. So therefore, I mean, that's a conflict that, you know, everybody struggles with.
0: Yeah. I also... I wrote down how it would be, like, misogyny and then feminism is kind of where they were going with that, but, like, not on an extreme level. And then I wrote how that kind of translate into the Jedi versus politician mindset. Like they both have a a mindset of duty, but they also are both so used to breaking the rules for each other that like Uh when it affects each other so much like this, like they just don't even know what to do. And so they just do whatever makes the other angry. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like that's what happened. Yeah. (laughs) And then speaking of anger, um, (laughs) this is my favorite shot of the whole, well, not my favorite shot, but, one of the best shots from the whole thing is when they're hugging, Padme's hugging Clovis and he she's gets like, so I'm mad. Insane. And she's like, Hello, "Yeah, and He's like, so angry. And he's like, like
1: I'm not <laughs> "I am holding. What you need right here. Yep. She's like literally just trying to just show etiquette that hey, look, I'm not I just I just got to give this to you.
0: Yep. Just just help me help you, man.
1: It's like oh you're hugging him but you're like go get 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 over that yeah. I'm trying to do my job
0: yeah so what are you what other are do you have any other thoughts before I kind of get to my closing comment?
1: It was a cute little excerpt, a cute little story on its own, and everything. It's it, I like the fact that it showed their dynamic a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, it showed that they are human and that you know. Yes, they still understand it, but, you know, they each one can – we all know that Annie throws fits all the time, and, you know, but it kind of – her jealousy of his work is kind of nice and refreshing to see occasionally.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's actually a good point. Like, she – she's so used to being the one that's like, it's my duty. This Mm -hmm. is what I'm supposed to do. Like – and an understanding of the fact that he's a Jedi, but also then, like, when he has to do Jedi stuff, she's like, well, why are you leaving?
1: Yeah, she's like, you know me, me.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Okay, Padme, reevaluate some things. Grace is going to come for me for saying that. She's going to be like, don't come for my lady. I stand, Padme. Yeah. Um, It's okay, Grace, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it, but I kind of did. <laughs> I also love her. Um... <laughs> One of the things that I was thinking about is, like, I do actually wish that it was a longer arc. Not, like, (laughs) three episodes, maybe two, maybe three, Uh but, like, I think two episodes could have been good of this. Like, they could have stretched out more of the, not necessarily her with Clovis, but, um, like, the Nemoidians were just kind of there on the side, you know? Um, I think Uh his name is Lockdod, was the main... Nemoidian guy. Uh, And like I get that they are the trade federation and like that's got a lot to do with the banking clan and how all of the things are working in the separatist world right now. Like how they're trying to. That
1: part of the story was very rushed.
0: Yeah. And it's like a lot of people love the politics of this, especially if you're going to involve Padme and the politics, like focus a little bit more on that aspect and like why that's happening outside of like, they kind of glossed over that. And they could have done it in two episodes in a here's the politics behind it. Here's Anakin and Padme's relationship issues with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was thinking about that. I was like, that could have that could have gone better. But, um, which I don't think I've said about an episode on here. No. But, I mean, we're only in season two, so buckle up. Um, and then the last thing that I want to ask you, which I thought that was the last thing. It's not. The last thing I want to ask you is what what do you think of when he says duty comes first, especially in wartime? What are your feelings?
1: Well, yes, duty comes first because in both of their roles, they are working for people. They are working for a mass that did not ask for this war, did not want to be in the war. So they are working for a greater good. So... Their personal lives are, to them, should not be as important as, you know, putting, so their duty, which is to their jobs, their roles, Mm -hmm. being a senator, being a Jedi, their roles should be more important than their personal lives at this point right now because it's a wartime, not, not, it's not going to be like this forever, hopefully. And so, yeah, that's...
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I I haven't thought like too deeply on it, um, but I when I heard it twice, I was like, okay, that's probably worth mentioning.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're trying to drive that home. get yeah. something about their character.
0: Yeah, because it's like, and I mean to be fair, we don't really see that for Mannequin very often. He's always like, oh, no. Padme, 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 or like, let me break the rules, even though he's like, yeah, he doesn't he's say very it like that. And- Yeah, he's just kind of like, let me do my own thing. Um, And, like, obviously now he's not in the rank of master, but he is a master to a Padawan and trusted with his missions and things like that. So, like, he's in a different level, on a different Uh level. But for him to finally say, like, duty comes first. Also, we do see, I guess we see that, like, uh, immature side of him when, obviously, her duty is coming first, too. Uh But, yeah, that was something that I figured would be worth mentioning because... We don't really hear it from Anakin until now. So is, maybe they're showing uh,
1: that he's maturing.
0: Yeah, in some way. Bit. A little bit. Momentarily. Bit. Until he changes his inch. mind. <laughs> um,
1: okay. doesn't suit him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Big Darth Vader energy. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, that's really it. Season, season 2, Episode 4. Not necessarily a short episode, but like a squished together episode. So there's not too much to talk about unless we did get into the politics of it. And I'm going to be honest, I don't really know much about the politics of Star Wars. I still got to learn a lot about that. So do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with the group?
1: (laughs) No, like I said, I I think you're right in the fact that the whole politics was kind of rushed and just shoved in there. And it did kind of feel awkward, but I guess it kind of showed that. That, that that scene had to be shown in order for them to be like this is what she's doing there and this is why she's having to get this information and this is the information she needs yeah the plans and everything like that yeah
0: wait and but, like he was like i love her and they just glossed over that too like Clovis yeah. you, what you should have been thrown against the wall for that
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah yeah Anyways. and then like i don't know i feel like I don't know. I feel like they made Padme too soft in this episode because I don't feel like she would let him, if they hadn't seen each other for years and then now all of a sudden he's like going to hug and going to different, you know, I feel like she'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Barriers. Yeah. we need to have, but
0: that's a good point because I thought about that when I first watched this, I was like this Padme and my Padme are different Padmes. Yeah. I was
1: like, I don't feel like they made her as strong of a character. That she normally is mm-hmm. in this episode.
0: Yeah. As and they made the her like a damsel
1: in distress kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Which could, be, like, was a good role to play for when she was with Clovis. But yeah. then it just kind of kept going. But, and, like, I also feel like, because for me, like, Natalie Portman set a bar for yeah, what definitely. Padme's supposed to be. Like, she's very. First, she was a decoy and nobody ever knew. Um, and, or well, all of us knew. But, um,. Nobody knew, and then she—I mean, she commanded a room, you know, and she still does in the cartoon, in animation. But it's just it fluctuates so much sometimes yeah. that I'm that I'm just like, I—I I don't know. I get a little flustered with animation, Padme animation on the ballot. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, I agree with that. I just like I said, I feel like she's not as strong of a character as she. Norm as Natalie Portman's character would have been yeah. because I feel like she would have been like that's great the hug is lasting too long mm-hmm. I'm going to fling it at you Annie and then I'm yeah. going to step back because this is just she could have kept his attention on her without keeping the hug as right. long as she did.
0: And I think a part of it too is like we're both adults and we're watching this and I know you have kids but like regardless we're adults so our brains work that way so it's like when like they made it a hug versus like in our adult brains they could have made it like something a little bit more Uh and not even just like a kiss she could have just said something differently and it would have come off differently and they couldn't really do that because it's a kids show you know so like that I guess is also kind of a, a barrier I would say I don't know
1: yeah
0: Anyways, I think that's Anyways, it.
1: Anyway, sorry, off tangent, that was just... That no, was I know. My, my only little thing was just, I was like, mm.
0: No, same, I was I like, wait a, a minute. She's a <laughs> in
1: distress in this episode versus yeah. what I know her to be, so, mm.
0: yeah. Yeah, and that's fair, and at least she's good at playing both roles, you know? Right. Uh, do you have, like, overall thoughts and feelings on episode five, episodes five through eight? So.
1: I like the whole story. I mean, they did a great job. They just did a great job all together, and I like the detail in it and we'll get into each individual episode but there's some I like more than others
0: but yes nice yeah I can agree with that um yeah I feel the same way I mean it's definitely I appreciate it you know like I appreciate how relative it is to Attack of the Clones um and I mean I think I've said this before but like I pre I love having the other Jedi Masters involved like, uh-huh. I know that so was part of the learn, point.
1: You get to learn about them.
0: Yeah. That was part of the point of making it, but like, love that still. I will always will. Uh, speaking of, let's just jump right on in to learning more about the Jedi Masters. Um, so, if you pull up the Star Wars data bank, um, for those of you listening, you will see a very clear picture of Kiadi Mundi. If you don't already know who he is, um, when we are watching the prequels and you see the Jedi Council, um, Big, large, bald head. Face looks like Santa Claus. He- top of his head has a ponytail, and he goes, "What about the droid attack on the Wookiees?" And nobody listens to him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's fine. He got rank of master, anyways. One more step, then Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Kiadi Mundi, uh, a Syrian alien. Syrian is spelled C E. Oh my God, Siri heard me.
1: I was like,
0: wait a minute. not Siri the app. (laughs) She didn't react that time. Okay. Um, He sat on the Jedi Council. He's a humanoid being, but he is an alien. Um, They call him Key for short on the databank. It says Key's most distinguishing physical feature was his enlarged conical cranium that contained a binary brain. A binary. Oh, two brain. Okay, I was like binary (laughs)
1: <laughs> Ooh,
0: binary? <laughs> what? It was like it was a big word for a minute. Um, right. When Jedi Master Qui-Gon Jinn reported a Sith attack during the events surrounding the Battle of Naboo, Ki-Adi-Mundi expressed shock at the notion. Impossible. The Sith have been extinct for a millennium. He also failed to see how far Count Dooku had fallen from the Jedi ideals just prior to the Clone Wars, believing that Dooku was incapable of violence or murder. So, I mean... He's a little short-sighted. Naive. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Um, but you know, to the council, it's fine. <laughs> I guess. Um, he's
1: calling Count Dooku his quote is He's a politician idealist, not a murderer. Uh, I like, mean uh, to Padme Amidala about Count Dooku. To like, be
0: really- what? <laughs> to be fair, he's not wrong. But also, like, obviously he is a capable murder So, um, oh god, my yeah. phone or my pen. Um, I mean, I don't really have too many thoughts on ki I th- really, like, would love to love him. But outside of his, what about the droid attack on the Wookiees? He's great. <laughs> and, but also in the, uh the portrayal of order 66 in the movie. I have to say I was very sad when he passed because his was very intense. He straight up turned around and they were on him like donkey Kong. Yeah. (laughs) And I felt so bad. I think that's what this picture is on the data bank is him. Like Uh it mid turnaround. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's sad. Okay. Um, also it says his locations are Mygito. I've only ever heard that once before. Like besides his home planet, it's Mygito. And the homeworld of Lerman controlled by the Intergalactic Banking Clan during the Outer Rim sieges, he and the clone forces under commander Bakara battled separatist droids for the control of Mygito. Oh, so that's the planet he died on. Oh. <laughs> okay, speaking of emotions. Sorry. Woo. Moving on from sad Kiati Moody stories. stories. Um, I guess while we're... I was going to move on to his quote, but I'll move on to the first quote from the actual episode, which I entirely yeah, I skipped. Say,
1: this is a really good quote.
0: It is. Believe in yourself or no one else will. Take it away, Summer. <laughs>
1: um, I definitely believe that that is... You have to, because I mean... You can't expect everybody to do everything for you. You can't expect everybody to believe in you for you. You have to know it first for it to be able to be in be real. I yeah. Mean, so if you don't have faith in yourself, you're not gonna have no one else's.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be fair, one of my like biggest I would say it's a flaw, but it's also not a flaw. Like it's a it's beneficial to me. Um is how like gung ho confidence level. Wow, thank you. <laughs> God, you I didn't. I was not gonna say that, but you do. <laughs> I was not gonna say that. But I appreciate that. <laughs> um, say I've never seen you go. I don't think
1: I can do that. You're just like, yeah,
0: I got this. I'm all over this. Wow, I appreciate okay, that. No no, I, can, I, can that. <laughs> I appreciate that. No, I was gonna say like my like willingness to always try and work as hard as I possibly can for my career. Like, that is something, like, I love my friends with all of my heart. And that is probably the only thing that's ever held me back from something is, like, not wanting to leave what I currently have. You know what I mean? But, like, having to, like, believing in myself is what pushes me more and more towards my career goals. Uh And it's like, nobody, I'm an adult now. Nobody here is telling me, you can be whatever you want to be. You can do this. You can do that. I'm about to pursue a master's in creative writing. You know what everybody's telling me now? Why are you doing that? Do you know how hard it is to be a writer professionally? And I'm like, yeah, thanks for reminding me.
1: Thanks for just saying I can't do it.
0: Trying. I think you be great at it. Thank you. So I think that that like that quote really like resonated with me just because I'm mid-career crisis, which we've talked we talk about a lot, but like I'm just in that kind of limbo with my career even though I know what I'm passionate about. It's too many things. I like too many things, so I have to believe in myself about something to get to where I want to be, you know? Uh-huh. Anyways, that was a lot. That was very circle Um. So speaking of quotes, um, that one is a really good one. I like that. Also, I love – I think we've said this multiple times before, but the quotes of the beginning really help not only with, like, the episodes, but, like, a kid – might not care about the text on the screen, but they're going to read that. Their subconscious is going to connect the episode. And it's just, it's Star Wars is here for you and your teaching of your children. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um, anyways, ki Mundi says in the middle of this episode, um, Admiral Lauren says, good luck, general. Yeah. And he goes, there's no such thing as luck. And then just flies away. What? Like, yeah, there is. (laughs) Um, why do you think he said that?
1: I think he probably believes in making his own luck. So that is his own. It's either you try or you don't try and therefore you fail or you don't fail. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have anything to do with luck.
0: That's fair. I like that because I feel like he's, I don't want to say simple minded considering he's got a binary brain. Um, but, but, <laughs> um, I also feel like when I, cause when I first heard that, I was like, oh, he means like the force, like there's no oh. such thing as luck because the force is what decides all of this. But like, does he even think that deep? Because I feel like my brain works that way because I identify a lot with like things that Ahsoka says or things that Yoda says where like the force is like do or die because It doesn't matter what we do; the force is going to make its own decision eventually. You know,
1: right? Do or do not. There is no try.
0: Exactly. Wow. Um, Also, they mentioned Attack of the Clones in this one, and I thought that was great because he was like the last time Obi Wan, not (laughs) Kiati (laughs) movie. Clarification: No, the last time I was here, I was chained up in a arena with monsters trying to eat me or something like that. I was like, "Hey, I saw that." (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. oh god okay um episode five i I already told you this but i'll tell the listeners i didn't take a lot of notes i wasn't paying a lot of attention because it was pretty bland because it's the start of an arc so it was just like here we are on geonosis fighting drones here's the
1: foundation (laughs) this is what we're going to be starting with we just need to break through that line yes you know it was really like chaotic lots of bombs lots of Bugs. Lots of, yeah. Lots of, lightning, lots of blasters going
0: off everywhere. <laughs> lightning and, bolts. <laughs> yeah, lightning bolts. <laughs> yeah. So simple episode, establishment episode, which brings us to episode six, um, where the quote is, no gift is more precious than trust. Okay.
1: Which. Take it away. To me, um, if someone gives you their trust. hmm That's a big deal, because that's something you've had to earn. That's something that, yes, it may be freely given, but it's hard once the trust is lost to gain back. Yeah. Um, Unless you're simple-minded and you're just like, I trust everybody, yay! Mm -hmm. Yeah, but no. Um, And to have such a fervent level of trust that they have, as Anakin has an Ahsoka and Ahsoka has an Anakin... It's just it's it's amazing. I mean, honestly, you you're you're basically trusting this person with their life. I don't know that there's a lot of people I could say I could honestly trust with my life.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: And so therefore yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree with that entirely, especially because like their trust relationship is a lot about that. Because for me, whenever I first heard this, like I obviously not a ton of people loved like whiny kid Ahsoka like Padawan Ahsoka because yeah. she was she was a little a little feisty um which is fine but in this episode when I was re-watching it I, re- I really kind of supported her when she was re- <sighs> doing she was doing a debriefing with um the clones and Anakin butt in and then he butted in a second yeah like two or three times I think two officially and then a third when she was talking to him about it um And she was like, you don't trust me or something like that. And he said, "Um, it's not about trust. It's about getting the job done right. And she's like, okay, that's the same thing. Like, I trust that I will get the job done right. And I was like, you know, she's got a really good point, first of all. Because you're literally standing right there. If she misses something by the end of the briefing, that's when you butt in. But not in the middle of it, especially decrediting her, like, status with them. Regardless of them being clones and having to listen to her, she already had to deal with the fact that they didn't want to because she was so much younger, like, episodes ago. But still. Um, So it's just, like, just let let her do her thing and then help her. So I'm wondering, all of that is leading me to this thought, is I wonder if it's not even that he doesn't trust her. It's that he doesn't want to, like, let her have the reins because she's his Padawan and he's more like protective. He's always been very like, this is mine. Don't hurt it. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's just like, you're good, but I, this is what I can do. And I, this is what I've always done. And I feel like he's just kind of one of those. Well, let me just take control and, you know, but I agree. I think he, he wants her to do, he wants her to do the best she can do. So he just wants to make sure that, You're not listening to her, so you're going to listen
0: to me. or You know what I mean? Yeah. No, absolutely.
1: Just being Annie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good old Annie. Um, And that actually leads me to our next character. um, Character bio, I guess. Uh, Luminara Unduli is the other master involved in this one. So in the last episode, we met Kiadi Mundi. Um, Didn't meet him, but met Keanu Mundi, and then um, in this one, there is Luminara Unduli, um, so a fellow master who actually brought her Padawan, Barris Afi, along. Um, But we're going to focus a little bit on Luminara because the quote and the episode has a lot to do with her um, and her influence, I think. Luminara is a green-skinned Murielin. I can't say that. Why can I never say any of these? Um, She served the Jedi Order during the final years of the Galactic Republic, Trained, the capable Padawan, Beris Afi, a no-nonsense Jedi Master, Luminara fought in Clone Wars battles such as Geonosis and Kashyyyk, and was thought to have perished during Order 66. In reality, she'd been taken into Imperial custody and executed with holographic transmissions of her captivity, used as bait to capture fugitive Jedi. Um, which we actually end up seeing later on in Clone Wars. Um, I guess her species is Muralyn. I just don't want to say yeah. that wrong. Um, that sounds about right yeah uh, it's really cool I like her species I she's one of the cosplays that I have on my list um, Ooh, I, I think I'm thank you I think I'm going more for the Barris look because I like her yeah. tattoos better um, yeah I was,
1: I'm looking at Barris right now and yeah. I agree with that yeah
0: I just like her little face markings better and her cloak pattern um, yeah. that's just me we're here to focus on Luminara because also love her name I love that I don't know um she's very and I know it said it in the description but like no nonsense so how do you feel about her and
1: I kind of found her like like you had said earlier she's very by the books Jedi text you know there is (sighs) no there's no emotion there's no attachment to this she is just my pad one that I am training yeah and I mean I agree with that completely I felt I found her a little to be cold. Okay. But that's just me and my (laughs) personal opinion.
0: (laughs) I I could agree with that because when she said, when she had said, um, and I mean, okay, two thoughts on it. I, I agree with that because when she said like, I have learned that when it is time, I will let my Padawan go or like, I'm ready to let my Padawan yeah, go. I was I like, can, I
1: can let my Padawan go. And I'm just like, yeah, I was
0: like, that's kind of sad, but okay. Yeah. um But like, also like that is what actually made me write this down. I said, she's very Jedi code. Like you are given a Padawan to train them in the Jedi arts and the Jedi way and the Jedi religion, et cetera, et cetera. And, like, no attachments is a very large part of that, as we learn watching Anakin become Darth Vader. And, <coughs> excuse me, but, like, with the way the Luminar is, like, I'll be surprised if Barris isn't the same way, which I think we'll learn more about as the Clone Wars goes on. Um, but she's very good at what she does because she does follow the code. The problem with it is she also, like, I I want to know deeper into her because I'm like, when you're so Jedi code, that's why the Jedi were corrupt. You know what I mean? Like, okay, she's okay with losing her Padawan and that is really sad and that is really cold. But there's got to be more to it. Like, she's a good strategist. She was confident in her ways. She was calm. She was, like ready to let her Padawan go. She was a master to Anakin and a master to Lum- or uh, Barriss on two different levels, you know? Okay. So when
1: Ahsoka and Barriss are trying to put the bombs on the thing in the center. Yes. Okay. And literally the bombs go away. She's like, I don't know what to do now. I feel like Luminaris has not given her the keys to think outside of the plan. Yes. Because the plan was, you memorize that, <clears throat> you put the bombs on there, and that's it. Yes. Whereas I think Anakin has helped Ahsoka think, okay, you got to figure it out. Yes. And like, when she, when they were trapped, she was just ready to just accept her fate. hmm This is it. And Ahsoka's like, huh, no, we're not going to die like this. I refuse. Yes. And I kind of, yeah, I'm more, I, I like Anakin's style of teaching. Yes, it it is a little destructive. And yes, it's not always following the rules, but not everything is black and white. Yes. And like one of uh, Barris's quotes is, I've learned that trust is overrated. The only thing that the Jedi Council believes in this world is violence. Yeah. So, Ooh. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I just definitely feel that she was not given the proper tools. And yes, the code is good to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But once that plan was out the window, there, there was nothing else. Yeah. She was like, okay, oh, yeah. hey, well I'm
0: done. Well, and that's the thing. Because for me, like, I don't think the code is good. I think that that's why the Jedi are screwed up. Like, I feel like the but code rule, has... Rules to
1: a point are good.
0: Well, here's the thing is I, I'm not talking about rules. I'm talking about no attachments, no this, no that, no, like I'm talking about the code that they are told to live by. I don't agree with any of it. Like, I think that you, like you said, there's no black and white. You can't put this and this together and then expect good to come of it because you either get Luminara who's okay with her Padawan dying and the mission failing because her Padawan died because she didn't finish Or she didn't know what to do in a time of improv, improvisation. And then you also can't have, Anakin can just run around doing whatever he wants. Which is, like, I mean, it's relatively obvious, I think, to literally everybody on planet Earth. But, (laughs) like, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to see how it works together. Because... They do that pretty often. They pe- have people like Kiadi mundi and Luminara working with Anakin and even Obi-Wan sometimes. And they still uh-huh. don't get it. They still don't get that there needs to be some form of in-between in the decision-making, in the planning, etc. Even though they see that, oh, we planned up to this point and then Anakin saved the day. <laughs> or and made yeah, it worse. He, even says that. <laughs> he
1: literally says that to Obi-Wan when they're walking... I I don't remember which part, but he said, Oh, it was later in uh, episode seven, I believe when they're walking to meet the queen. And he was like, Oh yeah. He was like, so can I save your butt when this goes all wrong? Why is this a good idea? And he's like, sometimes it works. And he's like, Nope. Normally I just have to save your butt. Yeah,
0: Exactly. Exactly. So speaking of episode seven, um, we are just going to kind of move right into that where we now have Luminara, we have now have Barris and Kiati, Obi Wan, and Anakin. Um, Kiati and Obi Wan were hurt in episode six, and then they like showed back up in episode seven for this whole thing. <clears throat> um, but first things first, as usual, the quote for episode seven was: "Sometimes accepting help is harder than offering it." Um, based on this episode, what are your thoughts on that one?
1: Um, um, I think that Luminaris, I think was like very, just kind of accepting of the fact that, you know, she was taken hostage and that she was going to (coughs) be, or whatever with this thing put in her and she was okay with that. She's like, go away. I don't want you to follow me. I don't need you guys to follow me. And and so she could never really ask for help. Makes sense. She didn't want to say, hey, come get this thing away from me. Yeah. (laughs) She just kind of was like, no.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, I also, like, yeah, I feel like um, they, there's a lot of, like, where they each need to be helping each other in this episode. And there's not a lot of that happening um, until, like, they, like, take each other's help when it's a little too late, you know, yeah, um, yeah. in this one. <laughs> um, so one of the first things that we see in episode seven is them. They're fighting the zombie bugs, <laughs> the
1: zombie hoppers. Yeah. Zombie
0: hoppers. <laughs> yeah. Um, and
1: I think they did a great job though. Animators conveying that they were undead yeah. Like I, I picked up on that really fast. I was like, oh, they're zombies.
0: Yeah, zombie <laughs> bugs. Um, I agree with that. I think it's weird though. Okay, so we're about to meet the queen. Uh Queen Karina the Great, <laughs> specifically. <laughs> and I think it's so weird that she seems like she's dead. You know? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. her voice and her eyes and her movements and the <laughs> She's, She's just
1: very Borgish. Yeah. She's Queen like,
0: Borg. Ooh, I just oh god, she was the top creep for me in this, well, obviously, but in this episode, we'll get to the next one. Um
1: and how huge she was. That yeah.
0: Was the yeah. Yeah, that
1: <laughs> I
0: kind of almost expected her to start shooting things out of her booty. Ugh. <laughs> we yeah. Were, like they were running away. I was like, oh God, what is going to, ooh. Yeah, there was no telling where that was going to go. I did get, and I hadn't, I don't, like Solo hadn't obviously come out yet with this one. So we hadn't seen it. But now that I'm thinking about it, literally right now as we're talking about it, <laughs> I was thinking of Lady Proxima from Solo. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's big Queen Karina vibes too. Obviously very different, but also very similar, Uh (laughs) which is big uh Star Wars energy in general. Um, So we meet the Queen, and in typical Obi-Wan fashion. Let's talk it out. Let's talk it out. It's fine. We're going to be fine. I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi. (laughs) I can't.
1: And it's like, well, I can save your ass later, but yeah. you know, just okay. let you know. that's what I'm gonna
0: do. Yeah, lightsabers in my hand, Obi-Wan. Just give me a little little wink and we'll we'll get started. <laughs> like, yeah. good lord. Um This
1: is gonna fail.
0: <laughs> yeah. And he is so cordial, walks in, hello your majesty, tries you to talk it out. At an end. Yeah, yeah. So casual. <laughs> Oh, my God.
1: What woman would take
0: that? (laughs) Yeah. Literally, okay, try again.
1: submit.
0: Yeah. Um, And then uh, I'm skipping over, I think, quite a bit of conversation. But, again, she creeps me out, so I was, like, "Eh -eh," twitching as I was listening to it. But she or he, uh, Anakin kills something or does something, and he goes, I was going to study that.
1: Oh, so – Obi had, take, he had taken that little worm that was getting ready to go into Luminaris, and he was holding on to it while he was battling. And then Anakin sees him holding it, and he's like, oh, you're being attacked, so I'm going to kill it. And he's like, yes, steady the bottom of my boot. Let's go.
0: Good Lord. <laughs> I just... First of all, when did Obi-Wan become a scientist? I'm sorry, you were going to study that, Obi-Wan? No, you were going to take it back and let somebody else study it. <laughs> like, the only thing I've seen you study is star maps. And that's because you lost the planet, my dude. So that's it. Anyways. Um, I just, yeah, that part, that whole thing, I was like, wait a minute. You were going to study it?
1: There are other I Jedi that study do that. it where you didn't let it crawl into somebody's brain and see
0: how it Like I just there's never been another instance where I'm like Obi Wan says he's gonna study something, you know? Like it's no. just not his he's very
1: out of character for it. Yeah.
0: And I was just like, okay. I mean, like, that's fine. Like learn more things, be more sciencey, Obi Wan, do you. But also, huh? <laughs> um I'll Study it when it's dead. That too. Um which he might have been planning on doing, but at the same time, yeah. I mean, and again, episode eight, we're gonna have more. Um, do you have anything else from episode seven? Like I said, I kind of blanked it out.
1: <laughs> no, it was it was a very interesting episode. Like I said, my my favorite parts were the whole where Anakin's like, "I'm just gonna save her butt." Just be prepared. Yeah. Um, and where. I don't remember which episode it is, Mm -hmm. but when he gets the information out of the grasshopper that they captured. Poggle? Yeah.
0: Poggle the lesser?
1: Yeah, but like, he he comes in and the guy goes, well, your Jedi mind tricks aren't going to work on me, and... He's like Jedi Mind Tricks. And then Vader's theme music came on. And I was like, oh Boom boom. theme music. <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's 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 his little and he's like, I'm not gonna use mind tricks, I'm just gonna
0: beat the crap out of you. Oh yeah. Uh yeah. Poggle is it Poggle that they capture, right? Poggle the yeah, lesser. Yeah, yeah, that's who yeah. they take back. Um Oh yeah, because he's the queen's advisor. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Weird. In general. Um,
1: but, like, that whole thing, like,
0: that part, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's good Star Wars stuff, man. Like, ugh, wow. Big Star Wars energy putting the music to, so that you can foreshadow. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: definitely foreshadow. Or really connect
0: good. things. Love that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> Off subject there.
0: But no. Like, perfectly on subject. What are you talking about? Um, I think, I, like I said, I blocked out Seven, but – all in all, I mean, that pretty much sums it up. They capture Poggle. They get out of the queen's lair. The queen is creepy. There's bugs. There's zombie bugs. There's worms. Sure. Yeah, she's got creepy eyes and a creepy voice. And they leave. <laughs> well, yeah. kind of leave. Mostly leave. They get out of the cave. And it's destroyed.
1: Yeah. And then one of the... Okay, we'll go on to episode eight. Yes. Yes brain the, the invaders little, it starts off with one of the little guys Who, i did like how they were like those are ear yeah yeah and they were like How's the, how do you get like they were putting bets on like how
0: it was gonna go in and i was just like y'all i'm not doing this right now no way ew, ew. <laughs> yeah. i am I don't know if I've ever said this before, but I'm one of those people, like, I mean, to you guys and to you listeners, I'm sorry ahead of time, but I'm, like, one of those people that's, like, sympathetic pain, I think is what it's called or referred to as, where, like, if I see it happening or hear it happening, I, like, feel like it's on me. So, like, Uh watching the Brain Invaders episode is disgusting for me. (laughs) And, like, not just from, like, a, oh, that's creepy standpoint, I, like, shiver from every time I watch it so I don't watch boy it very often
1: here. I'm a boy mom over here I
0: yeah see you're, you're yeah. fine you can handle it it's fine <laughs> um, also the I get why this is the quote for it but again when I think about like a lot of the things that happen in this this is a very random quote to put attachment is not compassion okay but they're attaching to my brain <laughs> is where my brain goes to that <laughs> uh.
1: So, basically, what they're talking about, I think, at the very end, when, um, uh, Baris,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Barisa, whatever Bears. she's, like, I can't, my brain. It's fine. Anyway, she's, the little bug is, like, sticking out. Ooh. And, what <laughs> <laughs> do like, my little, little <laughs> it's gross. here, it's sticking out. Ew. She's, like, just kill me. Yeah. And. Ahsoka's uh, like, no, I'm gonna try to save her! And then, you know, I think that's where that quote comes from, is that, you
0: know, I could agree with that, yeah, because other than that, there's not a lot of, like, everything else is very, like, brain invader-based, not attachment, compassion-based outside of right. I think it definitely is, like, a focus of Barriss and Ahsoka's relationship, because, for me, like, that's, I literally wrote Barriss and Ahsoka with a little heart, because I uh-huh. love their relationship. Like, I... And we'll see how their relationship progresses in the future. Um, but like theirs is one of those friendships that I was like really rooting for. I was like, this is good. Like she's friends with another Padawan. We're going to maybe see more adventure. We're going to maybe see more like Padawan conversation from two very different sides of the Jedi code. Um, like we were talking about earlier. Um so I was, like, really rooting for that. And this episode, it doesn't, like, super explore that, but, like, it's definitely a good establishment of their friendship, I think. Uh-huh. Um, but that's all, like, tied into the quote. Let's get into the nitty grossness of this episode. Um, the droid factory is destroyed. We met Queen Karina the Great and the zombie bugs, captured Poggle the Lesser, who is Queen Karina's advisor. Um, and we also learned that they need medical supplies on Cestus and Dantium, uh-huh. Um, with Mace Windu. Uh, so everybody's kind of like resting up and regrouping. And now they have another mission to follow up with that mission. Less intense, but still could be dangerous, etc. Um, and we pan to or fade to, I don't know, transition to. All the clones are sleeping on the rocks. Enter and a little
1: worm Brainy.
0: Brainy. To its Ooh. brain, goes his nose. in his nose, man. <laughs> ugh. Um. Goes in its
1: nose, wraps his head around its little spine,
0: and like yeah, just, he like does like a whole eye roll thing too. Ooh. Yeah. And then he gets and up then and he, his like, body's up, like all. Ugh. <laughs> ugh, ugh. Yeah, nasty. <laughs> Full on like dancer, like rolls all the way up and lets his arms fall forward. Ew. Um. So. Now we know that they're on their way. And then we see the little eggs in the backpack as they're getting on the, um, not the, sh- well, the ship. Little what?
1: Like little tomatillos. Those what little are those? Green. It's a little, like, Hispanic fruit thing that they, <laughs> they're green. They kind of look like green tomatoes, kind of, but they have, like, a outer shell. That's, <laughs> that's right? funny. Yeah, that's
0: what I'll look it up. I'll figure it out. Um... <laughs> For those of you listening, look it up and figure it out. Um, yeah, so they make it a board, and we see, okay, like, I wrote a blog about spooky Star Wars, and I just included, like, a little, like, blurb about Brain Invaders. Like, go watch the episode. It's creepy. The part that sticks with me so much outside of the nose crawling is the part where they all get one, and then they're all just sitting up. <laughs> it's creepy. Um and then we also see, again, we see Barris and Ahsoka kind of building their relationship. They're in, like, the little cafeteria talking about um, peace and kind bonding of... Bonding
1: over food.
0: Bonding over food. Aren't we all? Bond over food. If you're not doing it that way, you're doing it wrong. Food is Great. to everybody's heart and soul. Anyways. Um, yeah, when they're talking, um, because Ahsoka's, like, all restless and, like, weird about how quiet it is. And then, so they go get food, and Barris is like, "You should enjoy the peace while it lasts." Um, and Ahsoka makes a really good point, like, as a Jedi, I don't know how to deal with peace uh-huh.
1: because she's never she's known like laying it. There, like tossing back and forth, <laughs> and Barris is like, "What are you just <laughs> lay there, take a nap,
0: <laughs> take a nap?" That's what I tell my brain all the time, just take a nap. Um, yeah, and it's just like that's a really good point because as a Padawan. Ahsoka hasn't known any peace yet. Neither has Barris, probably, because they're pretty similar in age, I would think. Um, Granted, this, again, goes kind of back to their masters. Like, Luminar is very, like, mellow. And Anakin's like, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta get this done. Um, And he's also, like, at the center of everything because he's the main character. Anyways. um, But it's a fair point. Like, the Jedi, at this point, have not been... I don't want to say not following their code, but, like, they haven't been the OG Jedi just, like, being one with the Force and yoga and meditation and Force and love and peace and no war. Like your hand yeah.
1: gestures.
0: Yeah. I'm voguing, for those of you that can't see it. Um, <laughs> voguing yoga. Voguing yoga. Um, so she hasn't known that. And then uh, they, talk, they continue to talk about how they, like, the Jedi are the keepers of peace. But they're also warriors. And Ahsoka's like, well, when this is all done, how do we keep the peace? Or are we still warriors? Like, what's, what do we, how do we do that at the same time? And then they're, like, bursted in a pond. But we're going to pause for a second and talk about how, how do you think, uh, when we think about, like, the Jedi lore and their goal as being the keepers of, the, of peace, post- Post-Clone Wars, mid-Clone Wars, mid-all of these tiny battles that are the Clone Wars. How do you think they could have kept the peace within themselves? Is what I want to ask you. Not like necessarily individuals, but I mean within the Jedi Order. What could they have done to stay peaceful? That's right. (laughs)
1: Listen to each other and not just say, well, this is black." the whole black and white gray thing. Mm -hmm. they were like, well, you can't do that, it's black and white. You can't feel this, it's black and white. You can't have emotions, it's black and white. And instead of considering others' feelings or others, you know, how different situations are handled, I think if they would have just been a little bit more understanding about things, I think they probably could have, it wouldn't have created so much bitterness and, you know, tension and everything like that.
0: Yeah. I feel like a lot of the things, and I know that... (laughs) I've never been in war. Um, Me, myself, front lines. Yeah, thank the Lord. Um, But I feel like one of the big things, and especially in a story like Star Wars, like you could – the action and adventure is a lot of it, but also so is the lore. And it's like if they don't – they don't really – in the Clone Wars specifically, they don't really take the time to like go to their meditation chamber or – talk about things like that, about how they are supposed to be keepers of the peace because they're so focused on, well, we're supposed to be this, but we have this to go take care of. And like, when I read novels, legends or canon, they always are like, I was with myself <laughs> in my room thinking about da da da, You know, like there's always a moment in passing for them to reach back science. down to their roots. Yeah. And ground, reground themselves. I feel like the clone wars move so quickly that they don't ever really leave time for that. Um, which is a large part of the Clone Wars. Like, it was such a long, drawn-out burst of So maybe
1: of they lost crazy of sight of who they were. Yeah. Because they were so trying to just rush and get, you know, trying to go from, they were going from one crisis to another. They didn't yeah. have a chance to reflect and to, you know, go, are we doing the right thing? Is the right thing being done? Whatever.
0: Yeah. I have a hard time believing that Yoda wouldn't have seen everything that happened if he hadn't been blinded by the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Like I have a really hard time believing that because even though he had to learn from somebody that had passed on into the cosmic force, like he a could have learned that sooner if he hadn't had the Clone Wars to be worrying about. And B is just like, he, he was more in touch with so many things like, and maybe it did take him a long time to get to that point as it does with any like Jedi master, especially his age. (laughs) But I just have, like I said, I have a hard time believing he wouldn't have been able to not necessarily see things, but have a better feeling about things, had he not had to worry about the Clone Wars and Mace Windu going me 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 all the time. Sorry, anyways, it's fine. <laughs> Tangent. How overweight.
1: do you really feel about that?
0: <laughs> I just ugh, He irritates me so much, and I know that he's like super cool, and I love Samuel Jackson, but also stop yelling about things when you're wrong <laughs> that was probably very loud i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, okay <coughs> oh excuse me um that's really it brain invaders gross episode uh also really good for me to reflect about the jedi order <laughs> very odd things that go together do you have any and final you know thoughts? the
1: scientists though the scientists aboard the vessel Ahsoka's like, sorry.
0: No, I missed that completely. Wait, go ahead.
1: She goes, so at the end, they're like, she calls this the medical vessel they're going to. And she's like, mm-hmm. we can't dock. We're full of these little creatures. And he's like, that's fine. I want to study them.
0: Okay, but you're not and, Obi-Wan.
1: <laughs> and she's like, what?
0: Yeah. And ugh. so then
1: they were like, they're affected by the cold. So she like dropped the temperature down to like sub-zero. I remember that. In there and, but it was just so funny because he was like, yeah, I can study them. And I was like, why are we studying these
0: things? She killed them. Listen, listen, as a former scientist, <laughs> studying things is a lot of fun. So. <laughs>
1: yes, but, but you can do it when they're dead. Not when they're trying to go up your
0: brain. Not all the time because you can't see their activity, their internal activity if they're dying or they're dead. So you got like, to like go know what's numbers. going on. I bet those it's little here. brain invaders have little brains. Maybe, maybe not. (laughs) Um, I think that's it for us, though. Episodes five through eight is a Brain Invaders arc, (laughs) starting from droid battling on Geonosis, all the way ending at having Brain Invaders aboard their ship and getting rid of them. They did lose a lot of clones. Yeah,
1: on that little adventure that I know
0: of. Yeah, Um, but. That's another topic that we're definitely gonna talk about at some point. So we'll just we'll save that for everybody. Just well, sit on they, that side. Yeah. Why
1: is it that whatever they send backup? It's like six clones. <laughs> Do you notice that? I'm like, Yeah. Wait, where's the where's the where's the rest of it? He's like, send backup, and here comes Obi-Wan with the backup, and there's like six to eight clones. Yeah. Like, is that we need more than that. that
0: <laughs> <off>? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's a fair point. Um Okay. <laughs> what a wild ride that whole little arc is. Um, We are closing out on our time, so we'll go ahead and do a little run-through real quick of all the places that you can find us. you find me on Instagram at cjerica. You can find me on Twitter at cjerica95, and also my blog, which I have Star Wars Sundays on most Sundays at cheyennehoover.wordpress.com. Um, I have lots of other things up there though, right now, so go check, go like catch up on that reading, and then I'll update you. <laughs> um, follow up the Instagram to see when I have updates for Star Wars Sunday, and then Summer, where can they find you?
1: I'm at Summer 1121 on Instagram or summerjeffers at on Facebook but I don't post a lot on Instagram I like a lot but I don't post a lot
0: that's okay if you need to get a hold of her if you want to talk about something that you heard her say on the episode reach out on Instagram and send her a message posts don't matter we're just here to have fun about <laughs> Star Wars okay um, and then don't forget to follow the main channel Kessel Run Weekly you can follow us on Instagram Facebook and Twitter at Kessel Run Weekly and then visit Kesselrunweekly.com if you would like to see any of our extra content we have book reviews, Twitch streams Kessel Runners on Fridays main channel episodes and Clone Wars commentary all in one place for your convenience. Thank you guys so much for listening to Clone Wars commentary with Cheyenne and Summer and may the Force be with you.
1: Always. Always.